everything in their power to completely embarrass me. Thank you. Just kidding. Love you all. Thank you. Wow, what an awesome word, Abner. That was just incredible. I encourage you guys to come tonight. He's the kind of guy that will stay late to make sure everybody gets prayed for. So that's the kind of guy he is. So come tonight if you need impartation and you just need to hear a word from heaven. But um, but you guys get to hear from me this morning. I am I'm honored to to preach the last sermon of the year 2014. Also the first of our one service in this building. And so it's an honor and a privilege for me right now to be up here. So I just want to just really quick, can we just pray for a minute? Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you um, for your spirit that's in this place. God, and I just pray that every word communicated would be on hearts that are open, receiving what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So who makes New Year's resolutions? <clears throat> yeah. Every year, I make a New Year's resolution to uh, lose some weight and exercise. And every year, I don't do it. Maybe one year I will. <laughs> I just keep getting pregnant, though. <laughs> Not again, though. I'm good. Um, <clears throat> I'm good. Abner keeps like, one more. They're so cute. I'm like, I know they're cute, but... You don't have to take them home. I do. So pray for our family because four four of our five are home sick this morning too. It's terrible. So um, right after Christmas, who had an awesome Christmas? I had an awesome Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, I love that my kids get spoiled, but they don't act like brats. So I just, that's a really great blessing for me. It's a good Christmas present for me. They're spoiled with that, but they're not brats. It's good. So I make New Year's resolutions every year. I think New Year's resolutions are important because I think you should have vision and dream for your life. You should have goals and and aspirations. If you don't, then you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. That's the definition of crazy town. So if you want your life different, make a goal, plan it, write it down, and do it, right? Well, I um, I was on the internet and I found this uh, a girl blogged on her New Year's resolutions and I thought I thought they were kind of funny. So can I share those with you? Finish a chapstick entirely. I never do that. They're always lost. Or Layla eats them. She does. Um, fill up your gas tank all the way. Who doesn't do that? Like you put like five bucks, you can get to the next place because you're in a hurry. How about this one? Don't text someone sitting in the same room. Go talk to them. Um, get better excuses for being late or not showing up. Like my GPS send me to a wrong place. Learn how to take power naps. I actually need to do that. Don't let your dog vacuum your house, you lazy, lazy human. Don't pick your nose in your car because people can actually see you. Uh, Don't be convinced by that 2 a.m. infomercial. You don't need more stuff. Um, Don't ditch life for an SVU marathon. I'm actually guilty of that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Law & Order SVU is on TBS all day long today. I might not do anything. That's actually happened to me. Um, Don't stalk your favorite celebrity. If my daughter was here, I would tell her not to do that. 
Um, how about this? Walk and drive without using your phone. Like you can actually walk somewhere or drive somewhere without being on your cellular device. And this was my favorite. Be a part of the human journey. Be compassionate. Love your neighbor. Be a better you. I thought that was the best one, but isn't that good? Oh, she did do one. Take a selfie that actually looks like yourself. That was funny. Well, I wanted to talk this morning because I think it's important that we make New Year's resolutions. But I also think it's important that we make we make resolutions with our walk with the Lord. So it's 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 good for us to make you know, like better ourselves, you know, emotionally better ourselves, financially better ourselves in every other way. But I think it's important that we try to better ourselves spiritually. So in Psalm 37, there are um, some great treasures in here. And I want to talk about three commitments that we could make with our spiritual walk and then three promises that are ours in results. All right. So Um, I'm going to read Psalm 37, verses 1 through 7 in the New American Standard Version. If you want to read along with me, you can. It says, Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Okay? So I see three really cool principles in this verse that we could say, yeah, I need to do that this year. I need to do that better this year. And the first one is dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Sometimes we get restless in our life and we look at our neighbor or we look at our friend or we look at somebody else and we always have that grass is greener syndrome. And we think, oh, if I just had this, everything would be okay. If I just had more money or if I just had a bigger house or if I had whatever, things would be better for me. And in this verse, I just see it says, cultivate faithfulness, dwell in your land You, every one of us, we have our own sphere of authority. We have our own, um, our own little grass area, like our own garden that we're called to cultivate. Like I'm not called to raise your children. I'm called to raise my five. I'm not called to husband or I'm only called to be the wife to one husband. And he's, he's the one I have to answer to. He's my husband. He's the one that, that I'm called to lift up, to exhort my children or I'm called to be their mother, to be their, to be the one that they look to their example. And I'm not called to do that for anybody else. Just mine. Thank God. Cause that's all I can handle. But sometimes we get restless in our, in this thing called life and we're supposed to cultivate our own garden. We each have our own sphere and we're called to cultivate it, live in it. And it, um, it talks about cultivate faithfulness in our life. You know, I think about that faithfulness. Um, I remember somebody saying, oh, they're so faithful. Well, if you're faithful, you have faith and you can be counted on if you're faithful you have faithfulness. I see in that, I see consistent and committed. When you're faithful, you're consistent. You're constant. 
Everything you do, every step you take, it's constant. You're consistent. You know, I, um, I'm not always like this. So like there's days where laundry's done in my house and then there's days where laundry's not done in my house. There's days my kids can go in their drawers and find clean socks. And then there's days we're running around the house looking for clean socks, but it's being constant and, and constant in those things where my kids though can always know they can count on mom being there no matter what. Like she's there. She's going to be present. She's going to show up. She's going to wake up like constant in the things that you've called to those moments, those, those chances in your life, that, that garden that you've been given being constant in those things and being committed, you know, um, I, we spent like eight day, eight hours here yesterday, I think eight or 10 hours and the scarf vets, where are they? They're so awesome. I don't even know where they're at right now, but, um, they're just so committed. They, they did all the baseboard yesterday, but I'm thinking as I'm, as I'm here and spending hours here, I'm like, this is my commitment. Like I'm called to serve this house. I'm called to serve this church. Yeah. It's a Saturday after Christmas. I'd rather be shopping, but who wouldn't? But my call is to be committed to a house, committed to my church, committed to the small things, which means being early, being on time, just being committed to the things that I say I'm going to be there. You know, um, something my husband said this morning, and this is my, I am literally, if you've known me for any period of time, you know that I'm practically late for everything in my life. I used my kids as an excuse, but this morning I didn't have to show up with any, so I was still late, so I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> but he was saying, well, if if, you're, if you value something, you show up on time. And I was like, oh, man, why'd you say that? <laughs> so rude. No. But it's true. If you value something, you show up on time. You show up early. You're present. You're committed. You're there. It's faithfulness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a part of, of our nature of, of who we are in Christ. We're committed to something. We're there. We're present. We own it. We take responsibility. It becomes ours. That's committed. That's faithfulness. The second thing I see, trust also in Him. You know, um, Zach said it this morning. Some of us just need to rest. And so sitting down is, is just receiving the rest. Trusting in him is a lot like that. I think we learn to trust in him when we just sit and rest in him. When we can trust in his faithfulness. I always say this, feed on the faithfulness of God. When you don't see breakthrough in your life or you don't see everything going the way that you want it to go, feed on his faithfulness. Because this morning you woke up. In a, under a roof, probably a hot breakfast, breath in your lungs. So you're better off than a whole lot of people in the earth. Feed on his faithfulness. Every breath, faithfulness of God. Every breath. You know, there's times I, I'll lay and I'll stare at my babies, especially when they're sleeping because that's when they're the cutest. Um, except Layla, because she's so stinking cute all the time right now. No, they're all cute. But I just look at them and I, I think of the, the value that a little tiny baby has. They're just so precious. And I think of the faithfulness of God. You have five fingers. I mean, you have ten fingers, ten toes. Like, that's faithfulness. Like, the faithfulness of God is huge. Feed on his faithfulness. Um, I don't like negative people. If there's something always wrong, there's something wrong with your attitude. That's what I think. That's 
probably not super compassionate, but, but yeah, thank you. If there's something always wrong in your life, then it's probably 99.99% of your attitude. Because if you just feed it on the faithfulness of God, positivity will just flow from you, flow from your life. Um, one of, um, I'm, I help administrate a, a Bible school that's part of Bethel. And, um, and so I'm here and I administrate his school, but he has one of his students, she put two glasses of water on a table. On one glass, she wrote the words death, sickness, disease. On the other glass, she wrote life, health, and prosperity or something like that. And within four days, the water of the death of the death words started to like bubble and the water of the life words was still. So of course me, I'm super like, I don't know, question and everything skeptical. So I'm like, it's probably just Sprite. Like she just put Sprite in that cup. (laughs) But I know she didn't. I know she didn't. But I was thinking the power of words. The power of our attitude. If we just fed on the faithfulness of God, seriously, no matter, I had probably one of the worst mornings. So I, I, my woke up, my kids are sick, woke up late. I'm not feeling hundred percent. My throat's all scratchy. I go to Starbucks to get my coffee and I literally, I picked it up and dropped it. Like I don't even, that never happens to me, but I literally picked up my coffee and dropped it on the floor. I was like, that's fantastic. So then I pull up here in the parking lot and I hit my head on my car. And I was like, it's just not a good morning. And then I go into the office and I'm just like, okay. And then of course, Mr. Positivity, who's my husband. God's so good. The glory's here. And he's just like, so positive. I just, I have to just take it. And then you just have to feed on his faithfulness. And then I look around and I'm thinking, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. Every person sitting in this room, you have no idea how much value you have. Not just to God and not just to this church, but to me personally. Like there's so much, you have so much value just being here, having your heart here. Like you have no no idea how much like you're loved by your leadership. So feed on his faithfulness because positivity is a really, really good thing to have, especially in the new year. Be positive. Rest is the third thing. You know, when Zach said it this morning, he, you know, he doesn't know my message. Usually I share it with him, but I didn't. But um, rest in him. Just rest in him. Just sit and receive and rest. Know who you are and know who you are in him. You're a son and a daughter. You're a son and a daughter. And in him, you have everything you need for life and godliness from the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. He's given you everything. In him, you have everything. When I feel like I have reached the end of my rope or the end of my my, uh, being able to give anything else left inside of me to give, I rest in him. And then he gives me what I need to keep going and keep doing it, right? Because that laundry is not going to finish itself. That house is not going to clean itself. My work is not going to get done by itself. I have to rest in him. And he gives me the ability because he loves me and he pours back into me. And he's given me life and godliness and everything I need to do what he's called me to do. Amen? Amen. So dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Trust in him. 
and rest. It's good? So for me, my resolutions these years for my, for my walk with the Lord, those are going to be three of my resolutions. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness with him. Trust in him in every step of the way and rest in him. Just lean back. Lean back into, you know, um, I think about my daughters with their daddy. There's some times where they're going through stuff and he'll just pick them up and they'll lean in his chest and, and everything fades. Every worry, everything fades. But you can do that for Papa. Just lean into Papa's heart. Every worry, everything fades. Okay, so now you want to hear the good part? Here's some of the promises that I see in this scripture in, um, in dealing with these um, principles. Okay? The first one, he will give you the desires of your heart. We all love that word, right? But then we hear sermons like, but yeah, but your heart is desperately wicked. Yeah, but that's only the desires that he puts in your heart. And you get these conflicting stories. And I want to clear it up a little bit this morning. Is that okay? You have a new heart. Who's, who knows Jesus in this room? Every person. If you didn't lift your hand, I'll introduce you to him in a minute if you haven't already found him because he's here in the room. So if you know Jesus, he's given you a new heart. It's not desperately wicked above all things. It's not destroyed. It's not condemned. You have a new heart. It's the heart he gave you. Your heart is valid. Your dreams are valid. What's, what's in your heart? Okay. Now let's not get it twisted because if, if in your heart is to rape, pillage, plunder, covet, all of those things, obviously that's not your new heart. Okay. So if you're a Christian... You should know the difference. Okay. Um, but your dreams are valid. Your heart, the heart that you have, if you, the Bible, when it says he'll give you the desires of your heart, what are those things that make you come alive? What are the dreams inside of you? They're valid. They're valid. You know, we think, oh, okay, well, my heart just wants to, do the will of the Father. Well, he didn't make robots. So find out what his heart, what your heart says. Find out what's on your heart. You know, we have these Christian things. I just, I just want to do everything that God tells me. Good. He told you to be abundant, fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So what does your heart say? Make a choice. <laughs> you know, we don't, we over, we, we don't, um, we overcomplicate this thing called Christianity in our spiritual life. Just make it simple. Keep it simple. What's in your heart? For me, what's in my heart? I want to see my kids be everything that God wants them to be. I want to, I want to be the kind of wife that God's called me to be. I want to pastor this church in a way that is um, honoring and, and brings life to people. I want to be the kind of woman that says that you could say or somebody could say, if I could just, if I could just be like her in that way, that would be okay. You don't have to be like me every way. But just little things. You know, I'm crazy sometimes. You don't have to dress like me. But just like attributes, like, can I just be nice to everybody? And that speaks volume sometimes. You know, sometimes I walk into Starbucks and I'm seriously like rude. Well, I haven't had Starbucks yet, but I'm rude. Like, I'm just like, here's my phone, beat my app. Like, you know, we have all these conveniences in life, right? I don't even have to take my purse into Starbucks. I just take my phone and they beep it and I get a Starbucks. 
I know. It comes out of my bank account. It's all right. But they just beat my phone. You know, or I can drive through and they beat my phone the same way. Anyways. But sometimes I go in there and I'm seriously like, because I haven't had a coffee and it's probably been a long morning and my kids are probably late for school and I probably look busted and I'm just like, can I please have my coffee? But then I think, what if I was just like shining the love of God to somebody? So that's for me. That's, that's my goal. That's my heart. That's a desire inside of me. And God wants to give me the desires of my heart. I want to I wanna live in a prosperous community, healthy and wealthy and wise with abundance. That's the desire of my heart. God wants to give it to me. He wants to give it to me. You know, um, I, I work on the side. Oops, I work on the side because, um, because I believe that um, I was meant to fly first class. Don't let this offend you. If you have a poverty spirit, check it out the door. Because I was meant to fly first class. Amen. Okay, so we got upgraded one year on Alaska Airlines. We were headed up to Harold's Conference to do, um, I don't know, either to go or to do something there. And, um, and we're up, we're headed up to Seattle, and we got upgraded to first class. I looked at my husband, and I was like, I am never flying coach again. So I have a belief system of a lifestyle that I want to live, and I think God wants to give it to me, so I don't ever want it to come from a paycheck from a church. So I decided I need to work on the side. <laughs> so I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Because there's a desire in my heart, because I want, there's things that I just, I want to open up a, a home for moms that have no place to go, that are pregnant and on the street. Because I believe in my heart, if we rally against abortion, then we should have homes for those mamas to go and, and keep their babies. I want a place where prostitutes can come off the streets, away from pimps, and still have a, a still have an ability to have a, a home and a and a place for them to to get makeup and hair done and all of the things that are important and valuable to a woman that lives on the streets that's being paid by a pimp to do what she's what she's doing. I believe we have to have an alternative. So God's put desires in my heart, and they're good. They're good desires. They're in my heart. My heart is his. I belong to him. So what he's put in me, he wants to see happen through me. The next thing I see in this scripture is that he will do it. <laughs> it says right here, it says, um, let me find it because it just says it in him. Trust also in him and he will do it. I mean, that's a good word. He will do it. You know, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it forever until I breathe my last. But Zach said in, the, in January of 2014, we will be in a new building this year. Did he not say it? Oh, he did it. Trust him, and he'll do it. It might be December, but he, he did it. Honey, next time be a little more specific. I think we wanted to be in here like June, but that's all right. Trust in the Lord. He will do it. He will do it. What he said, he will do. What he speaks, he will do. You know that word that Abner preached? I'm receiving it on the front row. Especially the, the part about the abundance. Because 
I do the church books. So glory on abundance financially. (laughs) Because I just know. Listen, let me just give you some testimonies. Let me just really quick just share with you. Every step of the way in getting into this building, every time you got an email and every time you got a text from us, every single time, every amount we needed came in. Sometimes to the dollar, but every single time we, we called on the people of God every time it came in. Just, just this last week, we needed stalls for the bathrooms before Christmas. We needed $3,000 for the bathrooms. Within 48 hours, $3,000 came in. Small things. I, you know, I shared the testimony about the tile in the bathrooms. Somebody texts me, um, I want to give towards the tile in the bathrooms. I'm thinking $450. We're literally standing in Home Depot buying tile that was $455. Like, like every single time. God provides. He will do it. Take the word of the Lord and take it and say, God, I I believe in your promises. I stand on what you've said and you're going to do it in my life because you spoke it. He will do it. I promise he will do it. The third thing, he will bring forth your righteousness. You know, this is, so this is from Psalms. So this is before um, what Jesus did before the covenant we live in now. Let me just say this. Your righteousness is done. It's complete in Christ. It's fulfilled in him. So when, I, when it says he will bring forth your righteousness, you know what that means? Just know you're righteous. Just know your stance with God. Just know your place with him. Know that he He's already completed it. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, you are, it says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say it again. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is you. You are righteous. See, sometimes we have this thing, well, I'm just so unworthy. I'm just nothing because, but because of Jesus. Well, okay, yeah, okay, that's true. And, you know, that's, yeah. Jesus did it all. But you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you have Jesus, when you have him in you, he has given you everything. There's no lack in you. There's nothing you need because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's you. He brought you into his heart. I think about um, every one of our children. When we had, when we got married, it was like, oh, we're just so wonderful. It's just us. We're so perfect. Just the two of us. And then we have Sarah and we're like, how, how does, how do we make room for Sarah? You know, like this is the, and let me tell you, little babies come with a lot of stuff. (laughs) They need more stuff than my 14 year old almost. No, not really. Anyways, but they come with a lot. And for a little tiny baby, their stuff is so big and it takes up so much space. And we're thinking in our heart, God, how are we going to make room for one more? And you do. You have room in your heart to love one. You have room in your, you make space in your life for a baby. 
And then we're so perfect. Just me and my husband and our Sarah, who's so wonderful. And then I get pregnant again. And we're like, how are we going to make space for another baby? Not just physically, but in our heart to love. Like, how do I love another human? I don't know. If you're not a parent, you might not understand this. But I don't know every time I had a baby how I could love another human as much as I loved the ones before. Like, you just don't understand it. I don't think, like, you just don't know how you're able to do that. But then you do. And you're like, how did I, how did I have this love before, inside my heart before you? And then your family gets even bigger. And you have another one. And your heart just explodes again with love. That's exactly what it's like with Papa God. It's, it's. It's the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And they said, how do, how do we do this? How do we bring them into our circle? You know, that's what happened. That's what Zach preached on last week. He brought us into that circle, into his heart, into his heart. The love of the Father, the, simple, the simplicity of God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that his son came. God so loved the world that he reconciled man to himself. You are, you are not called to be reconciliation to the earth. It was already done. You're called to let people know they're reconciled to the Father. Reconciled to his heart. We're in his heart. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everything you need. Everything you need comes from Papa. You have it. You have it. So let this year, I, you know, I ask silly things to God. I say, God, this is, this is what I want. And I give big lists. Let me just say this. Sometimes we don't see, we don't see the the dreams we have fulfilled because we're not really dreaming the explosive, outrageous things we're supposed to dream. We dream within our own within our own realm, within our own. Um, I'm trying to communicate this the right way. We dream with our own ability, not thinking and knowing that we have the ability of Christ in us. We dream and, ex- and have expectation of so small, such small things. Well. God, I just, I just want this year. I just want my bills to get paid. No, stop it. That's stupid. You have a job that pays your bills. God, I want abundance. I want increase. I want your manifest presence to invade my finances in such a way I never, ever experience lack. I just, God, you know, I just want to be able to get out of bed three days a week. Oh, stupid prayers. I want to be completely healed, whole, 100%, never lacking. I want to feel like I'm 20. God, I just, I just want to be able to, to pray for one person that they, um, that they might receive you. No, I want my city. I want my state. I want my nation. I want the whole world to know that they're reconciled to God. Let's dream bigger. Let's expect more from him. You know, if my kids came to me and they said, Mom, you know, all I want for for Christmas is just, 
I had a joke with my son. I said, all you're getting is socks and underwear. If he came to me and said, Mom, I just want socks and underwear. He's eight. He's seven years old. He doesn't just want socks and underwear. But if he said that, it would break my heart as a mom. If your children came to you and asked for small things, like, Mom, just for my birthday, I, I think I just only want, like, you know, Some word. Can we just thank God right now? We want to ask you to, uh, we're going to bless the elements and you can partake as soon as you, you get the cracker and the juice. Don't wait for us. We don't have to do it corporately. Just go ahead and partake together and then we'll close in prayer and dismiss you. How many enjoyed service this morning? Come on. How many love our 10 a.m. all together? Isn't it nice? We'll be starting an early bird pretty soon for some of you early birds. We'll keep going with this 10. But let's, Lord, we bless the elements right now. And Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us, your blood that was shed for the remission of our sin. It's totally wiped away. We're forgiven. Come on, just partake of the Lord's table as the ushers will dismiss you row by row. And then you can go back to your seat and we'll bless you before we go.
know the songs. Troubles vanish. Troubles of communion. You're, you're feasting on the bread of his presence. Come on. Can we have our worship team come quickly, please?
give God a shout of praise right now. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you for joining us this Sunday morning. I pray you have a blessed week and an awesome new year. And I look forward to seeing all of you next Sunday morning at 10 a.m.